Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I'm so happy to say that we can finally start the show off on a good note because Texas Governor Greg Abbott has finally issued an executive order banning all vaccine mandates by any entity here in Texas. On top of that, we see we have seen that Southwest had to cancel over a thousand flights this past weekend because their employees are pushing back against the unconstitutional mandates. People are standing up, they're getting angry, and they're having their voices heard. But of course, the media reported that it was bad weather that canceled those flights. What else is going on in the media? Well, the New York Times had to issue a gigantic retraction after they accidentally massively overstated the amount of children who have been hospitalized with COVID-19. And finally, we have our first guest on the show tonight. We're going to be having an LAPD officer talking to us about how she and fellow officers around America are fighting and pushing back against these mandates. All this and more in tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. But before we get into it, please remember to go to preparewithsavsays.com for $100 off your three-month emergency food supply. Again, that's preparewithsavsays.com for the three-month emergency food supply for My Patriot Supply product I love and have for myself, go check it out. All right, let's go ahead and get started tonight with, of course, the Texas ban on vaccine mandates. This just broke. Now, this is what Governor Abbott said. He's issuing this executive order, and it says that it's stating that no entity in Texas can compel receipt of a COVID-19 vaccination by any individual, including an employee or a consumer. That's it. That's the big ticket item right there, guys. A lot of you have been telling me that you are about to lose your job right now because of the vaccine mandates. Well, Greg Abbott has just issued this executive order. We will see what happens with it. On top of this... um, It also says that anyone who objects to such vaccination for any reason of personal conscience based on a religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19. So it is saying in this executive order that if you have caught COVID-19 and you recovered from it and you don't want to get vaccinated, there you go. So that is what is currently going on. Now, of course, people are, are pointing out how there could potentially be loopholes on this and how employers will just find another way to terminate their employees because Texas is an at-will state. So we will see what truly comes of this. But to be quite honest with you guys, I'm happy with seeing this because I know a lot of people in America, because they look to authority and they look to some type of leader to tell them what they can and cannot do. A lot of people are going to feel inspired by this and, you know, feel like they can push back, like they won't have to show their vaccine passport and that they can live freely again. So, you know, no matter what happens with this, hopefully it's ultimately a good thing. But either way, I think that this is a move in the positive direction for our country. Now, Texas isn't the only one that is making waves in the news lately. Southwest had to cancel over a thousand flights this past weekend because flight attendants, pilots, multiple employees have pushed back and they said, you know what, if you tell us that we can't work unless we're vaccinated, then we're not going to work. And Southwest was in a bind. And this is a little bit of what airlines looked like this past weekend. Let's watch. I've been at the airport for two hours standing in line. Watch this. So for my podcast listeners, this woman was at the airport and she shows a pan of what looks like hundreds and hundreds of people at the airport. On top of that, apparently there were only four desk agents helping these people out with 55 flights canceled. And this video came out as of Saturday, I believe. So Saturday or Sunday. So that is what is currently going on. But how was the media reporting on this? Was the media saying people are pushing back? We're actually seeing the power of the people at work right now. No. The media was saying that it was bad weather from CNBC. Southwest Airlines cancels 1,800 flights, blaming weather and staffing. Southwest has canceled more than 1,800 flights over the weekend so far. The Dallas-based airline blamed the disruptions on air traffic control issues, bad weather, and staffing shortfalls. Other airlines that operate in the region reported far fewer cancellations. On top of that, I had a lot of friends that were in Florida this past weekend for AmpFest, and they said that the weather in Florida was absolutely beautiful, so they had no idea why there would be cancellations that specifically only 
targeted Southwest flights as well because all the other flights seemed to be okay. Now, Southwest wasn't the only one experiencing Experiencing this, uh, Amtrak Northeast tweeted this out yesterday. Trains 465 and 416 departing on 1010 are canceled due to unforeseen crew issues. Alternate transportation will be provided. Very interesting, very coincidental. Maybe the two don't really tie together. I have no idea. I mean, kind of interesting how it happened at the exact same time, but who knows what this is really all about. Let's just chop it up to bad weather. Now, on top of airline employees pushing back, we also have the military who is saying that they are not complying with this vaccine mandate either. And hundreds of thousands of U.S. troops are not going to as their deadline at November 28th draws nearer and nearer. So this isn't something that we're only seeing with uh, airline employees, with train employees. We're also seeing it with the military and also in the police force as well, because they are also, uh, you know, having to deal with the vaccine mandate as well. Now, we saw what happened last year with the defund the police movement, the Black Lives Matter riots, the Antifa riots. It wasn't a good time for anyone. And not only were police extremely demoralized because they were crapped on every single day for the last year, and then they had to go deal with riots, and then they were severely defunded. On top of all of that, this headline comes from the New York Post, Seattle could fire 40% of police force over the COVID-19 mandate. So that is what police officers around the country right now are currently being faced with. And of course, we'd like to look to Austin, Texas. That's one of my favorite cities. And I actually watched all of the riots happen over there. They were severely defunded, one of the most defunded uh, police departments in the country. Well, this is a result of Austin's policy. Uh, this comes from one of the businesses over there. It says, because of an increase in organized theft due to Austin police being defunded and no longer responding to petty crimes, we have been forced to lock our doors during store hours. Please knock or give us a call and we will let you in. Thank you for your patience and understanding. So that's a little bit of what Austin is looking like right now and what it looks like when you defund an entire police force. But let's keep going. Let's take a look at New York City because, hey, maybe it's just central to Austin. Well, apparently New York City looks like a third world and their drugstore shelves are empty amid a shoplifting surge. Thanks to a citywide shoplifting tsunami, bare necessities are now luxuries on drugstore shelves across New York City. It looks like the third world bemoaned one Manhattan resident after eyeing the aisles of a CVS on 6th Avenue in Soho, desperately low of toothpaste face face wash, and hand sanitizer, among a long list of other items. They've all been stolen, a CVS employee told The Post. State bail reform laws make shoplifting a promising career option for some New York City crooks. One man, Isaac Rodriguez, 22 of Queens, was arrested for shoplifting 46 times this year alone. So on top of all of these bad bail reform policies, on top of the police being severely defunded, and now potentially being fired from their jobs for this vaccine mandate, this is what the average state of America looks like right now. Now, I wanted to bring on LAPD officer Veronica Saucedo today because she started her website called Roll Call for Freedom. And she is an LAPD officer who has been with her department for 15 years. She's a current field sergeant, and she and her fellow officers have decided to band together to push back against these unconstitutional mandates. And they want to tell fellow officers around the nation too, what they can do and what information they need that, you know, can help push them forward. So, uh, Veronica, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate your time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what LAPD officers have been going through with this new mandate. Hi, Savannah. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here with somebody who's a truth teller. Um, since August, we've really struggled with uh, city council voting 13 to 0 in favor of this mandate. What it does is it, it forces a lot of stress, unnecessary stress on our personnel. Uh, we have roughly 3,000 uh, department employees who are facing termination because we remain unvaccinated or we've not declared our vaccination status. Um, along with the stress, it's an overwhelming emotion of officers being threatened of losing their jobs. You know, this is not just uh, a nine to five for, for all of us. This is a career path. It's something that we take honor and we've dedicated our, our lives to serving others and to upholding our constitution. So that being threatened is, is heartbreaking. 
Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, like we were just talking about, too, you guys already had to deal with the whole defund the police movement, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. After all of that, how is the morale at LAPD? And, you know, I'm sure you've talked to police officers around the nation as well. What's the overall morale of the average police officer looking like about now? Well, it's funny you mentioned defunding because last year with the civil unrest and the riots, our personnel were faced with a tremendous amount of workload with a lot of um, legal actions being removed. Mm -hmm. A lot of our authority, our arrest authority were removed and crime has skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. uh, our budget has been cut by 125 million, which means we have not been able to field the regular amount of officers uh, that we normally expect to serve our community. Um, our equipment is outdated. And now you fast forward to this vaccine mandate for the past four plus months yeah. and we're completely demoralized. It's been a rough 20 months. Yeah, I can imagine, Veronica, after you guys fought through 2020, you got through all of that, you know, you're working to keep your community safe, and then the government hits you with this. And of course, that brings us to Roll Call for Freedom. I'm going to put your website up here. Um, talk to the viewers about why you started Roll Call for Freedom, why it's important, and uh, again, what it's about. Uh, initially, when this whole illegal mandate came out, many of us organically came together. Um, we completely disagree with anything being forced into our bodies, especially with the lack of research um, that's available about this entire vaccine. And over 4,000 of our department has already got uh, COVID and we've struggled, we've overcame, and we have we believe we have the natural antibodies. Um, majority of us, like myself, have been working for the past 19 months healthy. Um, going through this pandemic, it's relatively, it hasn't affected our work ethic or our service um, as individuals. So to be facing termination because of this mandate, it, it's caused us to come together, um, but it's also created a lot of dissension uh, amongst our command staff and our, our personnel who serve the community. Uh, we came together, we started Roll Call for Freedom because we all came together based on this belief and, and our first day on the job is when we took an oath we swore an oath to uphold and serve our constitution to protect those who can't protect themselves mm -hmm. and to remain ethical to our duties and providing peace of mind and safety um, to citizens who, who resort, their last resort is to call the police. Mm -hmm. And now that not only has the law stripped away our authorities, um, we're not able to really give that peace of mind to the community. Violent crime has skyrocketed. Um, our, our shootings have gone up over 30% throughout the city. And it's very difficult to keep the peace and to be there for our community. Um, so recognizing all of these commonalities, we decided that we're going to stand firm on our constitutional rights. We're going to stand firm on our medical freedoms. And we're going to stand firm on preserving our health, our safety, our mental health. And most importantly, we just want to do our jobs and serve the public. And we feel like that's being stripped away from us. 100%. And when is the deadline for you guys to get vaccinated? And also, uh, you know, you and I have talked a little bit behind the scenes about how those who have been pushing back have been treated. So talk to us a little bit about that. Um, so the city council voted 13 to zero, and they have demanded that we declare our vaccination status by October 20th. If we are unvaccinated, we will be facing termination. Um, I, I, I don't know what that looks like. Um, that's a huge threat to our, to our livelihood, to our quality of life, to our families, and most importantly, um, to the community that we've dedicated to serve. Uh, in the past few weeks, I've, I've talked to some business members, stakeholders, residents on our regular calls for service. Um, we have not changed how we do things. And in talking with them, the community is not aware that their public safety is at risk of being depleted and cut by about 40%. And I've asked our chief, what's going on? There's been no public presentation. There's been uh, no presence with the city council. Mm -hmm. um, we have zero support. Our union has failed to represent our membership. Um, we've, when I say we, I mean, roll call for freedom, my partners, mm -hmm. my fellow officers, and we've gotten no support. 
That is so heartbreaking to hear. And I'm sorry that that's happening. And that's insane to me that this is, like you said, 40% of the potential precinct that could be, you know, basically terminated because of their, their want to have medical freedom, their want to, you know, decide what is put into their body. Um, we saw a news story that came out last week that talked about a, I believe it was an LA County Sheriff who said he wasn't going to be imposing the vaccine mandate on his staff. Um, does that relate to you guys at all or talk to us about that? Unfortunately, I don't work for Sheriff Villanueva, but I admire him for coming forward and supporting his personnel. And I want to uh, think back on the article and his speech. And he mentioned that it's not realistic for him to even face losing 5% of his staff. Mm -hmm. um, that tells me that's a leader who wants to serve the community, that wants to ensure that there's a continuity in public service. And there's a preservation of not only lives, property, but a decrease in, in the call response time for the community members that his deputies are serving. So I, I admire him and I wish that our leadership would take a really good look at Sheriff Villanueva's example. And you kind of mentioned it already, uh, but again, for you know, potential officers who might be listening right now, or maybe someone who has a family member who is a police officer that is looking for this type of information. Why do you think that this is an important thing to push back against? Why is this the fight and the hill that these police officers and yourself included are willing to die on? It absolutely is. Uh, that's a good summary of what we're facing. The last uh, resort to preserve our freedoms. Um, Roll Call for Freedom is not only an organization for LAPD officers and personnel, civilian and sworn, but we've really developed a coalition with several other law enforcement agencies, with the nurses across our nation, um, medical personnel, fire personnel, and really anyone who is struggling with this termination and losing their employment. Reach out to us. You can go to rollcallforfreedom.com. There's a contact sheet you can fill out. Uh, more information will be upcoming, so check it regularly. But if you submit that contact sheet, we're going to get you, uh, our goal is to get you in contact with other people within your region who can help, uh, whether it's legal help, moral support, or um, also benefits and resources so that we can really stand firm. It's not about vaccinated versus unvaccinated. It's not about uh, fire personnel versus uh, police department. It is truly about the very freedoms that our founding fathers faced when it comes to preserving our rights as American citizens, preserving our freedom of choice, and protecting our bodies, making our own individual choices. 100%. And uh, you also had mentioned to me too, again, behind the scenes, that LAPD is the precinct that everyone around the nation is kind of waiting to fall to see, you know, how they respond in regards to Seattle, in regards to New York. It seems like you guys are, you know, if you're the first to fall, then we'll see what follows. Um, can you can you uh, emphasize more on that and talk more about that? Yes, thank you. Uh, we've been, our, our coalition that formed has been in contact with over 17 states across the nation, um, specifically NYPD, who is the first the, the largest agency in our country as mm -hmm. far as law enforcement. We're LAPD is the third, Chicago being in the middle. But we have come together because every other agency, not only across Southern California, but across our country, is looking at LAPD's response to this vaccine mandate. What is LAPD going to do to their employees? Are they going to enforce this mandate? Are they going to terminate people? So this is not only affecting our individual freedoms as LAPD, it's affecting our freedoms as far as your law enforcement personnel and how they're going to serve you and preserve your public safety. This is a fight for freedom across our country, and we need everybody to step up. You are not alone, regardless to what the media wants you to think. There are so many good Americans out here supporting us. And that's so good to hear. We are really supporting you. We, we are really backing you. And I mean, we saw what happened with Southwest Airlines this past weekend. All of the employees were like, you know what, we're done with this. Um, in regards to that, you know, can police officers do anything similar or do you think it's going to get up to that date and you guys just have to hope for the best? What, what do you think is going to end up happening? I wish I could tell the future. Um, I can tell you that we're fighting. We're trying to stand firm. I, I get numerous phone calls along with my colleagues, and we're giving people confidence and support and trying to direct them 
to stand firm, hold the line. Don't give in to this tyranny. Stand firm on our beliefs. And we shouldn't, another issue we're facing is people being forced to give a religious explanation. And I constantly remind them, this is not about our religion. As much as a spiritual person I am, this is about our freedoms more than anything. And we shouldn't have to prescribe to somebody's explanation or, or their judgment. What we should be doing is telling people that America stands for our rights, our privacy, and our medical choices. And we need to remind each other of that. 100% Veronica, great message there. Now, I do want to ask you, let me see, like two or three more questions and we'll let you go. But uh, I know a lot of people over the past couple of months, they, you know, they went from the whole back the blue to being really against the police because we saw the police arresting people for not wearing face masks, shutting down businesses. I have people in the chat right now that are like, oh, we don't want to hear from a police officer. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there's so much vitriol being directed towards police, even when you do seem to be on the right side of what is going on right now. So what would your message to those people be? Because we do have a couple of them listening right now. I, I wish I could take individual responsibility for anybody's negative feelings or poor contact that they've had with any law enforcement member. I will tell you, it's a very small percentage. You know, it's like that one bad apple out of a thousand. Sometimes it happens. Um, we do our best to weed through those. And I will tell you that we've never enforced the mask policy or mask mandate for the public, even though it's enforced on us as department mm -hmm. personnel. Um, we do our best to uphold the constitutional freedoms of every individual, even when it's less than tasteful people or, or people standing against our constitutional rights. We protect them. We stand in the middle. We hold the ground. We protect and allow everybody to have their thoughts, have their thoughts heard, to speak their mind. And we do that not in favor of anyone's personal beliefs. We do mm -hmm. it with impartiality and we'll continue to do that. But we can't if we're no longer employed. And I ask the public, who will you call if you're, you have that experience, that unfortunate domestic incident, or if you have a child who is, is having a um, issue in the pool or, or a drowning issue in the summer? Right. Or, you know, it's numerous things that were called for traffic accidents or a, a unfortunate death of a loved one. Who are you going to call if 40 percent of your police department is no longer available to respond and the remaining amount won't be there for hours? If you look at San Diego Police Department, we're in contact with them as a part of our coalition. Their mm -hmm. response time to domestic incidents is well over 70 minutes. My goodness. 70 minutes. Yeah. So I can only imagine if you're that wife or, or spouse or, or loved one getting beat up and your last resort is to call the police or call 911, how long, how long is that going to last for? Right, right. And you know what? I think you guys do get a bad rap too because people are like, oh, why call the police? It's going to take them two hours to get here. And it's like, well, you had entire an entire coalition of Democrats and liberals pushing back to get them defunded. And so their response time is going to reflect that. And, you know, it's very unfair for people to, to just group you all in and say that you're all bad. So, you know, I appreciate that was kind of a hard question to answer. Uh, but that is how a lot of people are feeling right now, especially on the conservative mm -hmm. side who have been big proponents for police officers and, you know, big back the blue supporters. So, uh, thank you for asking or answering that question. And uh, again, wrapping up with you, Veronica, uh, for anybody tuning in now, this is Veronica Saucedo of the LAPD, who has started Roll Call for Freedom to push back against the forced mandates on police officers nationwide. Veronica, give us your final message to the American people, to police officers, to anybody listening. And then again, um, you know, tell people where they can find you and how they can contact you. Thank you. You can find us on roll call, the number four freedom.com. Um, all the up-to-date information's there. Sign up for our contact list. That's members of the public, people in other agencies, anyone who just wants some encouragement, some support, or maybe you're looking for resources. And most important, you're not alone. The struggle is real across our country. We must stand against this tyranny. We must stand for freedom because we are the last resort. We're not alone and we can do this, but please find encouragement, find hope, and know that we're out there. 
Veronica, amazing final message. Thank you so much for coming on today and for 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 standing up and pushing back against this because this is not an easy situation to be in. I honestly have felt so blessed because I don't work at a place that is requiring me to get vaccinated, but having to see and talk to Americans like you that are having to deal with this are having to choose between whether or not they can pay their bills and, you know, feed their families or go to their, you know, get a, a vaccine. It's It's very disheartening to see. So thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate having you on and um, we'll get you back on again soon for updates on everything that is going on. So thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks again, Sam, and take care. Thank your audience too. Thank you. All right, guys, that was Veronica Saucedo, LAPD officer. And thank you so much to her for coming on. And again, go to roll call, call for freedom.com. That is roll call for freedom.com to go and check out Everything that she is doing, whether you are pro-police or not, we should be supporting our fellow Americans that are pushing back this vaccine mandate and are standing up for their freedoms. So big thanks to Veronica for joining the show tonight. Now, let's get into what has been happening with Southwest. So again, police officers pushing back. Military members pushing back. And now we have... Airline pilots, flight attendants, employees pushing back. And that's why the government fears the people. Because the government knows that the people hold the power in this country. And we saw that this past weekend. Now, last week, we saw tweets like this one being put out. Breaking American Airlines will fire all employees not vaccinated by November 24th. This is pure insanity. And in response to this tweet, American Airlines had to warn that staffing shortages could start as the holiday travel season begins if employees lose their jobs for refusing to get the COVID vaccine. And again, I I would like to rephrase that and say that they're not losing their jobs for refusing, that company is choosing to fire them and the government is doing this to people and it's unconstitutional and evil. So that's just my mindset where we're at with it. Now, the reason the government does this, the reason the government tries to bully us into submission is because they know the people hold the power. And once the people decide to take back that power and push back, there is really not much the government is going to be able to do at that point. Never forget that the government works for us, not the other way around. Never forget that the government needs us. We do not need them. Okay? That might be an extreme statement there, but the government needs us. And we see that made very apparent every single day by the amount of people who are refusing to get jabbed. And then the supply chain, the airlines, everything just being in complete shambles. Again, it would have been nice to actually hear some reporting or investigating into what was actually going on. But of course, the media was like, oh, it was just bad weather. From the Daily Mail, Ted Cruz blames illegal vaccine mandates after Southwest canceled almost 2,000 flights over the weekend, leaving thousands of passengers stranded. The airline blames weather and air traffic control issues. So that's what they were saying over there, you know, at the airline. They were like, oh, it's not really a big deal. It's not because of the mandates. It's not because we've tried to, you know, infringe on people's medical freedoms. It's not that at all. It's just bad weather. But unfortunately, for the media and for these airlines, there's a little thing called social media. Now, this was the first tweet that I saw over the weekend that started raising suspicions on what was really going on. From Tom Sawyer, is there a media blackout on last night's air traffic controller walkout in Jacksonville, Florida? Hundreds of flights canceled, walkout due to vax mandate from a trusted source. And it says, Jacksonville Center ATC controllers walked out last night over the vaccine mandate, shut the whole thing down. Total disaster for us and other airlines, total news blackout. Be sure you spread the word. And then Tom says, wow, Jacksonville, yep, 650 flights canceled so far. Our operation is still unraveling. The pilots haven't started to fight yet. That's coming too. So this was the first tweet to come out. And it was the first speculation that this wasn't about bad weather. On top of that, Bloomberg had recently put this article out. Southwest air pilots seek to block COVID vaccination mandate. It reads, Southwest Airlines company pilots asked a court to temporarily block the company from carrying out federally mandated coronavirus vaccinations until an existing lawsuit over alleged U.S. labor law violations is resolved. So they were filing on Friday, 
asking for an immediate hearing on the request before a federal court in Dallas, claiming the carrier has continued to take unilateral actions that violate terms of the Railway Labor Act. The new vaccine mandate unlawfully imposes new conditions of employment and the new policy threatens termination of any pilot not fully vaccinated by December 8th, 2021. So that came out on Friday. And then on Sunday, we saw hundreds of flights being canceled and the airlines told us it was because of bad weather. But again, we have social media. We have different channels of communication. Brooklyn dad, who's a blue checkmark liberal who is constantly going viral for his bad takes, even said, my sister just texted me and said she's stuck in Tucson because of Southwest Airlines cancellations. Apparently, there's a sick out to protest vaccine mandates. And he says, so stupid, because we know that this man is probably like quadruple vaccinated and wears 58 masks everywhere he goes because he doesn't believe in his own immune system because he's been lied to his whole life. Steve Cortez tweets out, I just had my flight for today canceled, blaming weather when it's perfect outside. Obviously, it's the employee revolt versus vaccine mandates. While it's a hassle for my family, I 100% stand with these brave workers. Do not comply. And we saw a lot of tweets like this. We saw a lot of support for these airline employees. Jesse Kelly also retweeted this thread. I stand with the flight attendants, ground crew, and pilots who value their bodily autonomy. Cancel my flights. Continue the fight. So Americans rallying around these employees who have a bigger spine than anyone in the Republican Party and who have made a more effective change than probably anyone else has had this year. And that's why the government has to censor us. That's why the government has to come in and control the flow of information and the flow of thought and what we're allowed to see and think and feel. Because the government knows that we're actually not alone in this, that there are more than one people in America who think that these are unconstitutional infringements on our rights and our freedoms. People realize that this is the fight of our lifetime because if we give up these freedoms now, those are freedoms that our children will never see. These are freedoms that will be gone forever. Because once you give up your freedom, it's going to be very, very difficult to get it back. That's typically how these things go. So people are standing up, they're banding together, and they're really pushing back. But what have we seen the past couple of months? What have we seen since the beginning of the Trump administration now leading up to 2021? the manipulation of our language. Now, Palmer Report, which is a very liberal account, blue checkmark, again on Twitter, tweeted this out. This attempt by unvaccinated Southwest airline employees at crippling U.S. air travel is the latest reminder that it's a very short distance from being an anti-vaxxer to a, that's right, my friends, domestic terrorist. There it is. Bing, bing, bing. Domestic terrorism all day, every day. If you have common sense, you're a domestic terrorist. You don't like the government? You're a domestic terrorist. You chanted F. Joe Biden? Domestic terrorist. Yeah, that's that's how it works now. Lauren Chen points out, get the shot or you won't be able to work. Okay, fine. We won't work. This is terrorism. That is the uh, conversation that she imagined, you know, airline employees having with leftists or their employers. Because that's what it is now. You know, if these were leftists who were pushing back and were saying, oh, we're fighting for higher wages, we're unionizing, we're fighting for workers' rights, they would be hailed as heroes. But because they are fighting for their medical freedom in this country, in actual freedom, they're fighting for actual causes, okay? And they're fighting for a good cause. Because of that, the left is like, you're awful people. We do not support you. And you're a domestic terrorist. And that's it. And that's where we're at. And that's why I always... Uh, point out the manipulation of our language, because that is why it's important. Because you do have people on the left that are immediately going to say that this is domestic terrorism. Well, you can't just stop working and disrupt flights and disrupt the supply chain and the flow of everything because you decided you didn't want to be forced vaccinated. That's not how America works. Actually, that's how it is. It does work. And the people hold the power. And that is what I say every single show and every single broadcast, and I'll never stop saying it until I'm blue in the face and eventually die one day because I will die. The people hold the power in this country and we have to take our freedoms back because the government will never give them back to us. We should have never put the face masks on. We should have never accepted any of these mandates or any of these restrictions. 
Dr. Fauci is not the second coming of Christ and every word that he says is not biblical fact. Absolutely not. And that is why big tech has to censor us. And that's why the government has to censor us because they fear the people banding together and understanding their true power. This is another photo that was circulating from earlier today. It is a don't tread on me flag that is hanging outside of a Southwest plane window. Betty Johnson said this photo was just sent to me of a grounded Southwest plane flying a Gadsden flag out of the cockpit. The hero pilots at Southwest and other airlines deserve our support. True patriots worthy of the American freedom fighter tradition. Don't tread on me. God bless them. And I'm not joking, you guys. I am not joking. One of the pilots who is protesting right now, uh, this guy took a picture with him on Twitter. He was my pilot the other week. And I remember him because he was wearing an American flag, uh, like face covering, if you will, around his neck. He wasn't wearing it in the plane. He wasn't wearing the face mask. And he said, God bless over the intercom. And before I had the chance to record him, because I was listening in my headphones, I usually put my head down because I don't like even listening to the face mask BS that they have to repeat every single flight. By the time I looked up and I realized like, oh, this guy's not, this is our pilot and he's not wearing a face mask on the plane. That's freaking dope. I, I didn't have a chance to take a picture record. He's one of the pilots that is protesting right now. So shout out to that guy. He's freaking awesome. And why are people protesting this? Why are people pushing back? Because people see videos like this and hear stories like this if they're not censored fast enough. And they realize that, hey, maybe safe and effective might be a little bit of an overstatement. Now, two children were accidentally given the COVID vaccine instead of flu shots, and now they're both suffering from health issues, heart issues specifically. Let's watch this quick clip. Evansville family with children four and five years old say they were accidentally given full adult doses of the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine instead of flu shots. They say it happened on October 4th at the Walgreens on St. Joseph Avenue. The family of four includes two adults and two young children, both too young for the Pfizer or any other COVID vaccine. Well, the family's attorney, Daniel Tooley, shared with us what he says are vaccination cards given to the family by Walgreens. They show children born in 2016 and 2017 were given a Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. The family says they left the pharmacy thinking they had gotten their flu shots, but a Walgreens employee later called them and said they had made a mistake. Tooley says the children have been taken to a pediatric cardiologist and the family was told both are showing signs of heart issues. We've reached out to Walgreens several times but have not yet heard back. Okay, so they got the Pfizer vaccination. Also, don't forget that Pfizer is currently asking the FDA for emergency authorization for its COVID vaccine for kids aged 5 to 11. So that's what's currently going on in this country. That's probably why people are pushing back. But I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just reading the news. Now, we all know that the media does like to fear monger. And that has been a great way for people to, you know, bend the knee to the government and be very subservient. Um, this is one way they've done this. For example, this headline comes from Fox News. New York Times issues a massive correction after overstating COVID hospitalization among children. And we read this headline and we think, okay, they probably accidentally got like maybe like 200 extra kids that weren't hospitalized. Well, the paper accidentally added over 800,000 kids to the total of kids hospitalized with coronavirus. The New York Times issued a massive correction on Thursday after the liberal newspaper severely misreported the number of COVID hospitalities among Children in the United States by more than 800,000. A report headlined a new vaccine strategy for children, just one dose for now by science and health reporter Apoorva Mandavili was peppered with errors before major changes were made to the story. The Times initially reported nearly 900,000 children have been hospitalized with COVID since the pandemic began when the factual data and the now corrected version is that more than 63,000 children were hospitalized with COVID from August 2020 to October of 2021. Seems like a pretty uh, serious correction there, but do you think that the average liberal who already read that article saw that correction? Absolutely not. Now we're going to read a tweet from my mom whose child also recently got vaccinated. Again, this is not my opinion. I am just reading this from what I am seeing on the web. Now this woman's pinned tweet is, sharing my child's experience is not disinformation. 
So just to give you guys an idea of how Twitter has been handling her threat. She says, I used to shame people for not getting jabbed until my son was hospitalized with vaccine-induced myocarditis. Life has a way of humbling you. She said, I admit it, I used to shame anti-vaxxers, which in my opinion were also those that were hesitant and considered nuance. My life and perspective changed on a dime when my kid came into my room with chest pain two days after his second dose. It made me question everything that I had been preaching. I had to humble myself. It took me down paths that I couldn't have imagined. I've interacted with people that I never would have had this not happened. I've been in a unique position of truly being in the middle. She says that she's learned a lot from this experience, mostly that she should judge less and try to understand more. And what did Twitter do? Twitter decided to flag this woman's for misinformation, and that is her pinned tweet on her profile. Twitter, it's not misinformation or disinformation for me to share my child's experience, but that's what's currently going on. Now, it's not all bad, and LSU apparently is suspending vaccination and negative test requirements for fans. That new policy goes into effect next week. Had to pepper in some good news there because it does seem like things can get kind of dark. Luckily, this past weekend, they've been doing very well. But of course, we like to bring up some positive news, especially when we're still seeing stuff like this happen from Blaze Media. Bill's Cole Beasley, unvaccinated, forced to quarantine after testing negative for COVID because he came into contact with a fully vaccinated trainer who had the virus. Okay, let's just reread that again, because what the hell did I just read? So he was unvaccinated. He made contact with his fully vaccinated trainer who had the virus. And then he tested negative for the virus, the unvaccinated NFL player. And now he's in quarantine. Did I get that right? Can somebody explain that science to me? Because I'm just apparently too dumb to understand it. <laughs> I really am. I wish I was as smart as Dr. Fauci or average liberal, but I'm just not, which is probably why I've never worn a face mask because I'm just too stupid, guys. One day I'll get smarter and wise up and understand these things, but today's not that day. Can somebody explain that to me? Somebody explain it. I don't know. And why is society like this? Why are people still so crazy and neurotic about all of these things? Why is everyone a germaphobe? Probably because of uh, politicians like Justin Trudeau. So apparently October 10th was uh, World Mental Health Day. And so Justin Trudeau tweets out, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to feel anxious, stressed, or overwhelmed. But you're not alone. Know that. And know that we'll keep working today and every day to make sure you can get the care and the support that you need. Hashtag. World Mental Health Day. Now, that's actually how Justin Trudeau talks. So I uh, wanted to be as uh, <clears throat> journalistically correct as I could have been. So you're welcome for that. But you know what? Uh, my good friend Ezra Levant points out, sorry, you don't get to gaslight 10 million Canadians this way. The Canadians you have insulted, marginalized, and are now are banning from civic life because they don't share your personal medical choices. You're a bully. You're a leading cause of mental illness. And we see you. So... Everyone in society is so crazy and scared all the time because we have politicians like Justin Trudeau telling them that they need to care about their mental health while simultaneously scaring the crap out of them and telling them to be scared of germs and that they should never leave their houses again. It's probably why everyone in society is so crazy. Or maybe it's because of therapists like this. Let's listen. We are almost two years into the worst public health catastrophe in modern history. And what's happened for many of us is that We've learned to associate maskless faces with the threat of spreading COVID-19. For many of us, when we see a face without a mask on, the brain has learned to register that visual stimuli as a threat. The amygdala, which is the brain's smoke detector, then sends out a stress response signal that triggers the sympathetic nervous system into the fight, flight, or freeze response. I'm just hopping on here to normalize that because COVID-19 is still a threat and the reaction that we have to seeing maskless faces isn't just emotional or intellectual. It's also physiological. So physiological. Do you ever just see a normal person with their whole normal face out and you're just like, I think I might die. <laughs> that person's breathing near me and I might die because they're breathing and I'm breathing. And it's just really weird that I have to be around germs and people. And yeah, yeah. This therapist probably sees people just like that and then tells them, 
it's not your fault. It's like your brain is conditioned. This is a fight or flight because we're all going to die. And that's it. That's it. You're going to die. And if you see a maskless person, just remember to scream at them as loud as you can. Um, maybe even pull your face mask down so they can really actually hear you screaming at them and then put, put it right back up uh, to protect yourself. Um, <clears throat> they will kill you. And that's science. That's science. Oh, gosh. Hashtag mental health awareness day. Oh, Lord. Everyone's just a baby in this damn country, myself included sometimes, okay? Myself included. I'm not going to sugarcoat this and pretend that I don't cry, that I don't have bad days, but I don't pretend that I'm going to die every single time I go outside or cry about it on the internet or go to therapy because I'm fairly well-adjusted, I would say. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a fair thing to say. I don't know. I'm sure if I went to that therapist, she would just call me a murderer. Who knows? So on top of that being the average therapist in America, we also have, like I said, the, the complete destruction of our language in society. And you know, I always like to play you guys a fun liberal clip of the people who are allowed to dictate how we speak, what we think, what we feel, and what we're allowed to talk about. Let's listen to the latest way we're supposed to be speaking so has to be super inclusive of everyone, guys. Let's talk about the use of guys as a gender neutral term. For a lot of trans and non-binary folks, being referred to in this way triggers their dysphoria. And people will say, oh, I call all my friends guys, even my girlfriends. But your cis friends did not experience the trauma of being conditioned into a gender that is not theirs. For me, I have stopped saying it because I realized the importance of degendering our language. Language matters. And the words that we use inform the way we see the world. There are literally studies on this. So when we consider words like guys to be gender neutral and not girls or ladies, this fuels the narrative that man is default. And this is the core of the patriarchy. Look, you can use whatever words you want, but we have to consider their impact. And if someone tells you that the language you are using is hurting them and you decide not to change because it is more comfortable for Keep using those words because people like this need to be told that they're pathetic and ridiculous and they need to start crying and be bullied so that way they realize that they're being ridiculous. Sorry, I just wanted to finish that video off the way that I thought it should have been finished. Don't use the word guys anymore because it's not inclusive and it could hurt somebody's feelings and words are hurtful. Okay, G words hurt your feelings. Congratulations. Okay, like get over it. My favorite meme is from Tyler, the creator, and it's this quote of his and he's like, cyberbullying isn't even real, bro. Just close the computer screen. And I think about that often because when I did have my Twitter account, it was pretty big. I got a lot of hate mail. People told me to kill myself. People told me that I should die, that I was ugly, that I was fat. Take your pick. Sometimes I would read them and sometimes I'd get really sad. And then I remembered that I could just close the computer screen and just stop reading. And then I was okay. That's typically how words work. You know, you can choose how they affect you. You really can. People need to get control of their own minds and their own mental health instead of letting everyone else dictate their emotions. We now have grown men dressed as women telling people that if you call them guys, it will hurt their feelings and they'll probably have to go into their safe space for 10 hours and cry. Society is so pathetic. It really is. On top of that, We'll end the show talking about Dave Chappelle a little bit here because he did put out a special and it immediately got canceled because he made jokes about the trans community, community I guess. So apparently this uh, Dear White People showrunner, Jacqueline P. Moore, announced on Wednesday that he would be boycotting Netflix over Dave Chappelle's transphobic news special. He opened up to Variety about why he's taking a stand against the dangerous rhetoric. Now apparently his pronouns are she, but that's a man, man. That is not a woman. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> For my podcast listeners, we got a picture of Dave Chappelle on the right and a man that looks like a man with makeup on, but is clearly a man on the left. So there you go. I'm not going to respect the pronouns. If you want me to respect your pronouns, maybe you should look cuter because you look like a man, man. Sorry. So this man tried to cancel Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle was too mean and made mean jokes. And you know what happened? People got mad at him. And they were like, stop being ridiculous. And he was like, oh my gosh, like people are being so mean to me on Twitter. And it's just like so bad for my mental health. Like, okay, if you can't handle people being mean to you on the internet, then you have bigger problems and you're not a fully functioning, well-established adult. And you have bigger problems than Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, my guy.
<laughs> Oops, sorry to be non-inclusive with my language there. <laughs> uh, I am really not going to make it in this new society. So on the latest episode of Slightly Offensive, Elijah Schaefer and I uh, talked about how pole dancing is now being offered for children because we have not uh, sexualized our environment and our country enough. We are now offering pole dancing classes for children. Well, it turns out that the husband of the Indiana woman offering pole dancing classes for seven-year-old kids is a registered child sex offender, according to reports. Isn't that so weird how there always seems to be some type of registered child sex offender involved in these stories of over-sexualizing children? I don't know. I guess it's just me seeing that weird theme that keeps popping up again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. Blah, 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 blah. I can't even talk. Like That's how shocked I am. This pops up so much. I can't even keep talking and saying again and again. <sighs> Moving on. California, thank God we have Gavin Newsom out here making all the right moves for California, today mandated gender-neutral toy aisles for large retailers. Now, what does this mean for California? Well, apparently, he signed a law on Saturday requiring large retailers to provide gender-neutral toy sections per Los Angeles Times. California is the first state to adopt such a law. LGBTQ advocates have pointed out that marketing methods using pink and blue hues pressure children to conform to gender stereotypes. Oh my freaking gosh, these poor kids having to conform at such an early age. You know, you ever take your kid to Target and they're just like, uh, Mommy, I just really feel uh, very pressured to conform to society standards because uh, there's a, a blue toy and a pink toy and I just really wish there was a, a yellow toy that really matched my gender fluidity. Yeah, no, no three-year-old has ever said that. Luckily for us, if a three-year-old for some reason did say that because their parent brainwashed them into thinking that way, well, Lego has committed to removing gender bias and harmful stereotypes from its toys. Now, I'm a big fan of Gina Davis, but apparently she has an entire foundation and it was her foundation that focused in on the research that got Lego to commit to removing their gender bias and harmful stereotypes. So Gina Davis, girl, what the hell? Oh my goodness, that's really sad. And it's absolutely ridiculous that this was a Babylon Bee headline from a couple months ago that read, Lego unveils new genderless bricks with no male or female connectors. That was a joke from the Babylon Bee, which is a satire site. And now we actually have genderless Legos. And it's funny because in this article too, talking about genderless Legos, they talk about how they want more female role models for children. So they're going to use more female role models in their toy sets. And it's like, so by eliminating gender, you're still acknowledging gender by saying you want more female role models in your toy sets. Whatever, man. If you want to indoctrinate your kid, you shouldn't be allowed to have a kid. Whatever. Anyways, guys. That is all for the show tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, please go to rollcallforfreedom.com and go support Veronica Saucedo, LAPD officer for 15 years. If you know a police officer, friends with a police officer, are a police officer, go check out Roll Call for Freedom. They are really trying to push back against those mandates and let fellow officers around the nation know that they are not alone. On top of that, I have started my locals. Please go to savsays.locals.com and go join my page on my locals. I've been doing exclusive live streams and I say things that I can't say here on YouTube or on Instagram. So go follow the locals account. It's pretty awesome. I have a fun community over there. We post memes. We talk about a lot of things going on. I really enjoy the platform. On top of that, I also started a Twitter account, guys. Yes, I got banned at 122,000. And so we're reworking our weight back up. So go follow me on Twitter at rapidfire underscore pod. I've been putting out quite a couple of spicy tweets lately. And finally, please remember to go to safsasofficial.com to go check out all of my latest research. Now, I spent the entire weekend working on my research pages. So go check those out. There's a lot of videos and articles that you guys are going to want to read about a certain subject that we are not allowed to talk about here on YouTube. So go check out safsasofficial.com. Go check out the research pages and uh, educate yourself on what's going on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. Remember that our sponsor for today's show is my Patriot Supply, prepare with says.com for $100 off your three-month food supply. Go check that out. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you guys next time.